Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Kitty Sewell. I've been in the radio business for nearly 20 years, mostly working for public radio in the United States. In 2013, I quit my stable job and moved to Rome for just one year. That's where this podcast begins. And if you're new, don't be afraid to start at the beginning. A lot of interesting topics have come up over the years, and I'd hate for you to miss out on the adventure. My co-host is Tiffany Parks. She's a writer and the editor of Wear Rome magazine. And she's an expat who moved to Rome over a decade ago with a determination to stay whatever it took. She's also my childhood friend. I met her on the school bus in sixth grade. I hope you like the show, and if you do, tell a friend and take the time to write us a review. You could also participate in our share and win some prizes. Find details on how to play along at our About page at thebittersweetlife.net. We're glad you're here. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And Tiffany, you know that sometimes on our social media, we use quotes, quotes that we find inspirational. And sometimes I choose them and sometimes you choose them. But there is a dictate that I have thrown down that there is one particular quote that we will never, ever, ever use. Yes, I know. The quote is, not all who wander are lost. I mean, it's one of those cliche quotes that is just on like every travel website and meme and it's just it's it's overused and so I totally get why you don't want to have that on ours yes if there's one thing I strive for on this show is for us to not be cliche we try (laughs) however that's not to say that I don't I love Tolkien who wrote that it's not like I don't like the Lord of the Rings oh it's just because it's overused it's not that the quote is bad it's just it's been overused and it's become trite yeah and what are they even trying to say at this point oh I, I travel a lot that doesn't mean I'm, I'm lost. You're assuming it means I'm lost. I, you know, I don't even know. Like, I'm not even sure, like, why people find that so inspirational. If you find that inspirational, by the way, and you're listening, tell me why you find it so inspirational. Yes, I don't really get it either. And, in fact, we were talking about this quote, and we d- decided that <laughs> some people who wander are lost. Yeah. So today's show is about what if you wander and you are lost. <laughs> Not all who wander are lost, but some but of you some. are. <laughs> uh, right. I've come into contact with this firsthand because I have a lot of friends who are expats. And it's a little bit different now because I've been here so long that the majority of my expat friends have really settled here and many of them are married with kids and this is really where their life is. But my first couple of years as an expat, I was working with other expats in the tourist industry and we all had in common that most of us had been expats for a year or maybe two. I mean, there was a huge group of us. I hung out with like 20, 30 people on a regular basis and not everyone, but a good chunk of those people were people who I would kind of describe as lost. You know, people who 
had kind of traumatic family experiences or they didn't really have connection to their families or they were kind of people who were flailing a little bit in their personal lives. And I'm not completely counting myself out from this either. I do have a close relationship with my family, but everybody was kind of going through something, it seemed. You know, most of them were all, you know, were good people and fun people, but I didn't realize it at first. But after a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to realize that like 90% of my friends have issues with their family. (laughs) Like there's a reason that they're out wandering. There's a reason they left their country. Yeah, that they're far, far away from those people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's do a baseline here because you know I love looking up definitions, particularly (laughs) because I love how the dictionary definitions for things change over time. So the modern day definition of lost, if we were looking at those people, is... Unable to find one's way. Hmm. That's the modern day definition. Or the more literal, not knowing one's whereabouts, which, you know, if you're actually lost, uh, that might mean that. I always prefer my 1946 more grim dictionary <laughs> to, to look at what some things mean. And they defined lost as four words. Missing. Forfeited. Destroyed. Or perplexed. Okay, well, yeah, there, there, there are very four different ways of using the word lost. Exactly, and but they're all, I love how dramatic they all are. Let's just say that this is one person. <laughs> Missing, <laughs> forfeited, destroyed, and perplexed. So would you say that that fits some of your friends from the tourism industry back when you first got to Rome? Um, some of those things, for sure. Definitely the perplexed part. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not destroyed. Yeah. Because I would say that in some ways you wander to try to make sure that you're not destroyed. Particularly if you're from a bad background, bad family upbringing. If you can get away, then getting away can be the thing that saves you in the sense. Mm -hmm. Or becoming untethered from those people might make you untethered in the world, but could save you from a downfall of some kind, hypothetically. Yeah, or just more trauma at the hands of unpleasant from family members. Hi, Katie here, busting in really quick to remind you that we need your stories for upcoming shows. First, we need the story of your travel angel, the person who helped you out when you needed it most. Maybe it was someone you knew, or maybe it was a stranger you never saw again. And second, we need your travel regrets. Those are things you wish you had done differently, or that opportunity you wish you had grabbed when you had the chance. Send your stories to thebittersweetlife at mail.com or record a voice memo and send it to us so that we can hear you on the show. Again, that's bittersweetlife at mail.com or you can find a contact us at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Or you can tell us about it on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter find us by searching for the bittersweet life podcast we just can't wait to hear your stories so please send them in back to the show not to get too personal but i i kind of went through a a small period of it myself and had two sort of unfortunate relationships neither of them long but just things hadn't worked out with these two people that i'd been seeing not simultaneously. Um, <laughs> it sounds like I was saying that, but um, so kind of one followed on the heels of the other. And I was 
feeling very untethered. I had nothing in my life to really hold on to. I didn't have a real true career. I didn't own a home. I was renting someplace and living with a different roommate every six months or something. And I wasn't in any kind of relationship. And I had just had these kind of two failed relationships. And I started traveling an insane amount. And yes, I was very privileged at that time to have a job that allowed me the freedom to do that and also that I had enough income to do that. But I was taking off once a month and going somewhere, not far, not that far away, but somewhere in Europe usually. And I realized on one of the last trips that I took, I went to Portugal, there was no reason for me to go there. And I'm not saying that you need a reason to travel, but I was like grasping around. Like I was like, ah, I need to go somewhere. Like I need to like get out of this city so I'm not thinking about this person that I just broke up with. And I'm not thinking about the fact that I don't know where my life is going and just need somewhere to go. Where's a place that I haven't been? Okay, Portugal. I've never been to Portugal. Okay, I'm going to plan a trip and go there. And I planned a trip and I went and I had an okay time. But while I was there, I was like, what am I doing? Like I, that was kind of when I realized that I was really not traveling to go somewhere. I was trying to get away from something. Not necessarily a particular person, but my life at that moment was not satisfying to me. And so I was traveling to get away from that. And so I started thinking about it then as well, hmm. that we can use travel sometimes as a form of escapism. Yeah. Were you finding that when you were gone that... It was somehow fulfilling? I don't know. I think it really depended on the trip. But sometimes, yes. And sometimes I felt like almost like, have you ever done something just because you felt like you you should do it? Or not that you should do it, but that you want to be able to say you've done it almost? Nah. Yeah. You're not that type of person. You're too genuine for that. It's not that I wanted to say I've done it. I just, I wanted to be somewhere else. I wanted to... I can't explain it, but I, I I wouldn't say that I did it for the, at least not that particular trip, for the true pleasure of traveling. Interesting. I completely relate to this because this is exactly what I'm doing right now. So we were jokingly saying to, when we were coming up with this topic, perhaps I am the one that's currently lost. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, I do feel like I experience it differently than what you're describing. So we must be in a slightly different situation in these two circumstances. Because for me, I am also finding that I cannot seem to stop moving right now. People, you've missed some time, you listeners, because you have been with us in Rome for so long. But I've been back in the States and I've been all over the place <laughs> since I got back. So Where have you been? I don't even know if I can remember everywhere I've been. I spent a month in Seattle. I was in New York for a while. I went to South Carolina, I think, twice. I don't even know. At least those. And not to mention the day trips around California. So yeah, I've been to all of these places. All of Labor Day, Derek and I were, one day we were up in wine country, the next day we were going down the California coast. Anytime I'm sort of moving and seeing new things, I feel better than when I'm stagnant in San Francisco. So I find that I can be here for a couple weeks or a week and a half, and I'm already starting to think, where am I going to go next? Or how does this trip fit in? Or when am I going to be in Seattle again? And 
So I'm definitely doing this moving around a lot thing. Do you think that's more because you don't like San Francisco and you need to get out of it, out of the city? Or do you think it's more because you're starting to get used to always being on the move and you're starting to get maybe a little bit addicted to it? <sighs> Hard to know. Because even being in San Francisco is a little bit like being a tourist all the time. Particularly because I am always moving around. I guess we haven't talked about it. When I came back from Rome, I, for the first time, had this experience where I had been gone for a really long time, it felt like, and I wasn't going anywhere that felt like home. Seattle, whether or not I wanted to live there anymore aside, I at least knew a lot of people there. You know, I knew what I was doing there. I knew kind of my professional position there, all these things. Coming back from Rome to San Francisco, where I'm still establishing myself and don't really know that many people here, and, and I'm freelancing, so it's not like I'm super tied into a day-to-day -day job. It was the first time I felt like I was not taking a break from travel. I was just moving on to another spot. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I had been traveling all this month in Rome, and now I'm traveling again, and I'm in San Francisco, foreign city. So even being here feels like I'm wandering around some city I don't know. That's interesting. So the whole thing is wandering cities I don't know. I do a dose to San Francisco and then I go to New York. And if anything, the tethers have been the two trips to South Carolina. That's where my grandmother is, lives. So I've been going there for 20 years. I know that area, right? So that feels more like home. And then I decided to do a month in Seattle because I really did need a break. Like I needed a break from wandering. So in a reverse way, even though I don't live there anymore, <laughs> I went there to sort of just work and hang out with people who knew me hmm. and chill for a minute. Stop wandering and being alone and crazy in the world. Go rest up for a while. Even though it was a totally exhausting month because I know so many people there and I had to try to pack them into four weeks, you know? So I don't know. Do I sound like I'm spiraling? I'm, I'm not even like sure exactly what I'm saying. I feel extremely privileged though, extremely privileged that this is my life. So I go back and forth by being exhausted by it and also doing what you did and going, okay, I got to plan this trip to Wisconsin now. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. I kind of feel like you're never going to feel at home in San Francisco until you stop moving around for a while. Yeah. And I feel like you need to stop. You need to just be like, okay, I'm going to spend the next three months, minimum three months. It should be six months in San Francisco with the exception of a day trip to Oakland, whatever is around there, Big Sur, with the exception of that, you don't leave the city because it's not going to feel like home. You need to invest in that city. I mean, I don't know if you're going to stay. I don't know if you know if you're going to stay. But right now you're there, and it, you know you keep saying, I'm going to go back, but I don't, when I go back to, to San Francisco, I don't know anybody there. Or I feel like a tourist there. The reason you feel like a tourist there and you don't know anybody there is because you're never there. That's <laughs> where you're living, but you're not really living there. Yes. So I'm going to be Dr. Phil or whatever, Oprah, oh, right now, and I'm going to tell you what to do. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> if, if I were to give you advice, which I won't because you didn't ask for it, but if I were to give you advice, I would <laughs> But say, you are going to. Anyway, go ahead. You need... This is all hypothetical. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay where you are for a while and you need to invest in where you are and do stuff that takes you into the community of where you are. Yes. I will say that there is one problem with the amount of moving around. 
and that is that you can't really ever commit to anything. I can't commit to taking a, an Italian class, for instance, because I might have to go. Mm-hmm. But I also have the interesting problem of a lot of the upcoming work I have is in Seattle, which means I'm going to have to fly back. I at least know I have to fly back there in November, January, and February. And if you're going to fly all the way there, you might as well stay for like a week, right? So I already have these interruptions coming up. You guys can't see this because we don't have a video feed, but... <laughs> As soon as she mentioned that she was going to Seattle, she had a huge smile on her face. Oh, come on. You did. You did. Hmm. You burst out smiling as soon as you started talking about your upcoming trips to Seattle. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that there. Just think what you will, but I'm leaving that there. (laughs) Judge as you will. By the way, I don't want to say I have no friends in South Carolina. I do have one. In South Carolina or San Francisco? (laughs) Sorry, I don't have no friends. (laughs) You don't even know where you live, Katie. (laughs) Where am I right now? (laughs) You're lost. That's what you are. Tiffany, am I in Rome with you? I'm so confused. You're wandering and you're lost. (laughs) No, I have to give a shout out to Lynn, who's one of our listeners here, who I hang out with from time to time. Lynn and I at least get out on the town when I'm around. So, hi, Lynn. Okay, that's one. That's one. That's one. (laughs) Well, I got a couple others, but, you know. Okay, well, let me divert from myself for a minute, because, you know, you're making this too good of an illustration. I'm going to have to go do some soul searching. I want to read you a quote, and you tell me what you think. This is from a person named Hilaire Belloc, Hmm. who was an Anglo-French writer in the early 20th century. Okay. And he wrote, I've wandered all my life, and I have also traveled. The difference between the two being this, that we wander for distraction, but we travel for fulfillment. Interesting. What do you think he's saying? Well, I think he's saying, I won't judge for you, but for me, that trip to Portugal was distraction. I was trying to distract myself from this guy that I had been dating that wasn't working out, and I wanted not to think about him. That was the main reason. And then also just, you know, my life in general. So it wasn't really traveling. And as, despite the fact that I did go to like the big sites and everything, it wasn't really traveling. Traveling is when you have a purpose, I suppose. I mean, that's what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he's trying to say is that all people who wander are lost. Yeah, he is basically. <laughs> he's making the point. He's making our point. <laughs> yeah. It's a very fine distinction that we travel to try to discover new thing, new cultures, new ways of being but if we are wandering aimlessly about all we're doing is distracting ourselves from the stuff we haven't dealt with yeah that's his point i mean there are some people who would say lots of people who would say you know whenever i've wandered quote unquote let's say you go to venice the famous advice in venice is throw away your map and just wander because you will find something beautiful so in that case it can be fulfilling to wander yeah See, not all who wander alone. <laughs> Maybe not <laughs> some. I like to think of myself more as a Nias Nin, <clears throat> who said, "Let's <laughs> hear." We travel, some of us forever, to seek other states, other lives, other souls. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. Now, from an interviewer's standpoint, other lives I feel is like other people that you meet. I think she's talking about living a whole bunch of different lives. That's what I took it as as well. Yes. And other states, she's probably saying is the same thing. Other states of mind, other states of being. States of mind. States of being. Yeah. And I do think that Mm -hmm. when you wander about or travel a lot, that 
things within you do change, obviously. You make new discoveries about yourself. You become a, you can become a richer human being. But in that sense, I feel like she's saying, you know, some of us who travel perhaps forever are not in such a bad state. So she's sort of doing the opposite. But then again, maybe she's one of those lost people who's just reinventing herself over and over and over again so that she doesn't have to get to the true Anais Nin on the inside. True, but that, <laughs> this is a woman who kept diaries, near daily diaries from the time she was 12 years old until, I don't know, maybe until death. And you don't do that unless you're actually interested in getting to the truth of who you are. So <laughs> That's true. I doubt that, that she was doing escapism, but you know, you never know. You never know. She's always been a fascinating character to me. Yeah, she really is. Do you want me to read you one more quote? Read one more. Read one more. Okay. This is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. <clears throat> I feel like I can't say anybody's name today. Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> might be my handwriting. <laughs> And he says that we travel the world over to find the beautiful. We must carry it with us or we find it not. Mm, I love that. It's beautiful. Would you say that that relates to your friends from early Rome? I don't know. Or early Tiffany in Rome? I think I am a person who carries the beautiful in me. One of my gifts is that I can find beauty in anything, I think. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I can't speak for them, but uh, I don't think it applies to me. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I, I'm I'm very similar in that way. But what we're really getting at is you're proposing that I'm a bit lost right now. <laughs> you probably are slightly right, because those of you repats out there who are listening, former expats, you probably feel slightly the same way, depending on where you are at the journey. If it was 25 years ago, you might not. But if you just got home. We've heard from some of you who are feeling a little bit lost of what to do now. And I feel like I am still sort of in that same thing. It's not waiting for your ship to come in, but waiting for the next thing that you sort of latch right onto. And I feel like I've been waiting for that for so long. It's probably becoming the most boring storyline that we've ever done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's my life. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, like sort of waiting for that that thing that, I do feel like every single turn of the dial, every trip I take, it's like getting closer and closer. Well, that's good news. That's good news. Still not there yet. We'll be eagerly waiting to hear when you decide that you've found your place in the world. I wonder if that will be when the show just dies. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be like, Tiffany, she finally bought a place in Rome. She's got a kid. She's got a good job. She's a published author. Things are looking pretty good for Tiffany. Katie, she's doing this, that, this, that. She thinks it's looking pretty good. And we're both like, we're on easy street now. There's no drama. There's no passion. <laughs> All they do is sit around their apartments and watch television and write books. <laughs> it's so boring now. Uh, it will not be. <laughs> Are you sick of hearing me read? Because if, if you're not, I might read you another thing. Read one last thing to finish the episode. Okay, this is what we're aiming for when the feeling of being lost is gone. This is part of a short fiction story by Stuart Dybeck. It's not the whole story. The whole story is probably two paragraphs longer than I'm going to read, but I don't think we need to hear it. So look it up. It's called Vista de Mare. All right, here we go. In Genoa, as she packs to leave, he tells her that he doesn't want it to end. 
And she replies that if he really knew what he wanted, she wouldn't be leaving. Alone, he continues along the coast toward Rome. But at a station where a field of sunflowers overlooks the sea, he impulsively gets off the train. Not far from shore, he can see two fishermen employing their nets. He sets off on a trail climbing through olive and lemon groves and steeply terraced vineyards. In Genoa, he'd reduced his belongings to what fit into a backpack. He sweats under its straps and imagines this is how it would have felt to tour Europe when he was young. In college, he had a girlfriend who wanted to travel together. He'd have liked to go, but was afraid it would seem like more of a commitment than he was ready for, and he took a job instead. Along a rocky cliff, he stops to watch the gulls ride the updrafts and wonders if he's ever known what he's most wanted. Then it comes to him with a force like tears, that for once, at least, he does know. He wants this, to be here now, this moment looking out to sea. Hmm, that's wonderful. Who wrote that? Stuart Dybeck. Should we leave it there, Katie? We should leave it there. <laughs> Not all who wander at lost, but some of you are. Some of us are. Including me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to send us your stories of travel regrets or travel angels that you met along the way. You can either contact us on any of our social medias by looking for The Bittersweet Life, or you can email us by going to our contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. If you love the show, please support it. Participate in our share Tell five of your friends about the show, ask them to subscribe, and get entered to win fabulous prizes. You can find out more at thebittersweetlife.net on our About page, or at our Facebook page by searching for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. Or you can choose to donate to the show. Listeners like you who donate have kept this show alive for the last four years. We can't do it without you. Find the donate button at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Net. Click it and let us know you love the show by keeping it going. And one small note, the donate button only appears on the desktop version of the website. I know, trying to fix it, trying to figure it out. So please do take the time to support the show that you love. Talk to you next week. Bye.